check, check. What's up? My players and my playettes. Check, check, chickity, check. One and a two and a three and a. She's a vegetarian. Okay. So, what's up, y'all? Daily check in. Beautiful per performance and reenactment of She's a Vegetarian by Love My Lovely Girl. She's a vegetarian. Stunning. Breathtaking. Sounds like Indy's doing some singing, too. So. So, dope announcement. No. Yeah, what's up? Dope announcement. Ren and I have finally decided to just make it official that we are going to be vegetarian and taking the leap, you know? But not really taking a leap because we have been eating vegetarian and vegan meals for quite some time. Most of our meals are that. We were kind of doing a freegan thing, which I've done a lot in my life. Is just kind of, you know, if we're getting meat and dairy and stuff for free, then might as well. Not trying to like throw it away or whatever, but a good bit of our purchases have been geared towards plant-based. Yeah. So, I'm excited because I finally feel like I'm able to do that without making anybody around me mad. And Rin's down with it, and that's just exciting to me. Oh, I'm still mad. Oh, you're still mad. Bro. But I tried to be a vegetarian when I was, like, in middle school, and it did not bode well with my family, that's for sure. They were upset. And it seems like that happens a lot, you know. I don't understand why, but... Shouts out to the family, shouts out to being upset, and shouts out to stuff that happens a lot. We don't know why. <laughs> uh. It's just so funny how, like, even when I decided to be gluten-free and stuff, for health reasons, a lot of people around me were, like, taken aback by it. It's like, it literally doesn't affect you at all. <laughs> so I don't know why you give a shoot, but you do you, fam. It's just, like, that mentality of, that's different than what I do, so I'm gonna be shocked and slightly offended. Yeah, it's like if you don't feel ashamed or apologetic about a certain diet or lifestyle, then it's like, why would you care if someone's doing something different, contrasting, you know, it's like... Yeah, that's true. It's like, they kind of feel guilty or something. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like that might that must be part of it sometimes, because like, if you think it's okay, then it should be equally as okay for me to eat carrots and nuts and beans, I guess. Yeah. And people don't even... Like, it's crazy, because when I first heard about veganism as a child, I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so difficult and stuff. And now... It's being so normalized, and I hear about it so much that it seems pretty easy, and they are making it easier for sure with all their substitutions that are being made in grocery stores and restaurants are now entirely vegan, and so it's like it seems really pretty simple to me now. But yeah, I remember once upon a time, you know, years back, it was super weird. Yeah, yeah, totally. It just, like, wasn't common, but I'm glad it is being normalized. And then just, like, the other day, I think it was yesterday, yeah, I just had the realization, like, if vegan seems easy, then, like, why the hell are we not at least vegetarian in, right now, at this moment? <laughs> and I was like, it's literally the least we could do. So, that's what's up. Yeah, and for I think for a while, one of the setbacks for me was us being able to get free meat at like food banks and stuff like that. Um, but it's like, you know, one, don't have to, and two, we could just give that stuff to other people or something, you know, do something with it. So, anyway, it's easy. Beans are cheaper, honestly. It's like that whole, like, it's difficult to get protein stigma is just a total myth. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my friend who was vegan. This was, like, years ago, and I still didn't really understand how just, like, simple it was. And I was asking her how she gets her protein, and she was like, 
she like laughed and was like, I get way more protein than anybody who has a regular diet. There's just so much plant protein out there. And if you just gear your thinking towards eating more plants, then you're gonna get the same amount of protein, if not more. And you're being more conscious of it too, because you are in a position where you're like, okay, I do have to start thinking about protein. So then you start actively sourcing protein. Whereas if you kind of just eat a normal American diet, then you're just like, oh, I'm getting protein because I eat meat, but you might not be getting enough, you know? Anyways, I'm just excited for that because I feel like it's gonna be healthier if we do it right for us. And it's just like, this might sound lame, but it's gonna like connect us with the earth better in a way because we're being mindful of animals. And yeah, I have lots of thoughts about this. Probably talk about it in depth a lot more later, but to me it seems basic that like if you're not cool with someone eating your dog or cat, then you know, making that differentiation like, oh, it's cool to kill cows and pigs and chickens, it's like well you don't want someone to kill you and torture you and eat you, so uh, the the less of that that we have going around or trying to not support that happening can't, can't be a bad thing, really. Yeah, and people see vegans protesting and they are like, oh my gosh, like, that's eye-roll worthy and stuff. And, like, that is preachy for sure, but they're trying to make a point. Like, the only reason you're probably okay with eating animals is just because you buy it packaged in a store, you know? Like, I mean, if you had to kill your own animal and stuff, maybe you would feel no different about it, but there'd probably be a lot of people that would feel different about it. I don't know. I was just telling her that I had a dream, actually, the night before yesterday, which is when we decided to be vegetarian finally, about people eating cats like uh, so sad to think about but it was like these little tiny cats and they're eating them like chicken nuggets and one person was like oh try it in the spicy ranch it's so good and I was like crying in my dream I was like no so it's like dude if I if that bothers me then like what am I doing and I had this epiphany a long time ago that which is a big reason why I have been wanting to go vegan and started transitioning towards vegetarian vegan lifestyle is that, okay, well, let's just say consciousness was elevated at this time. And I just had this realization like, animals are spiritual monk guides slash healers. And they're so Zen because they know that if they die, they'll just become another animal. And they just silently guide us, but they won't talk to us because we treat them completely wrong. We, meaning humans as a whole, see them as something for our use when they're really our gods. Like, even down to the baby talk that we do to our pets, we just don't deserve their conversation yet. And I'm still pretty fully convinced that my cat can understand everything I'm saying and can speak back to me. She just knows I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> Take what you will from that. Yeah, it's crazy. I think a lot of times you can see that a lot of animals are just so centered and so focused like on just living. You know, they're just very immersed in the presence of life. Yeah, so it's admirable in a lot of ways. And one thing, too, that I thought was kind of, that always seemed kind of bizarre to me is that, you know, people are thinking that we're, like, higher up on the evolutionary totem pole or whatever, you know, the food chain because we're so smart and powerful. And it's like, okay, so then you're saying that if, if things are dumber and weaker than you, if you perceive them as such, then you should be taking advantage of or, you know, hunting them down. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, yeah. that just seems wild. It's like, well, this dude is 
I'm evolved enough to use a high-powered rifle, so screw this dude taking a nap in the meadow. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that, like, humans are considered the top of the food chain, but that's only because we have weapons and guns and stuff. Like, if we didn't have that, then no, we are not at the top of the food chain. A tiger would absolutely win the fight. Or whatever, you know. Anything, an elephant, a rhino. And then it's like, are you going to go fist fight a cow? It's like, well, he's just <laughs> he's just chilling, eating grass. It's like, not not even trying to be your opponent. Yeah. No, so I guess kind of, you know, something that had crossed my mind quite frequently is just, you know, a bottom line of it being like an honor thing that, you know, you're not trying to hurt you're not trying to hurt the people around you, so, you know, naturally, if that distinction breaks down that, you know, a turkey or a pig or you know, a monkey or whatever is, you know, if you don't see them as a peer, they are another being just surviving, you know, trying to live, so you can either, it's like, so you can just, you can grow a garden. So whatever your thoughts are on the suffering of lima beans and cauliflower, uh, you know, like I always thought, like, if you, you could either see it as your civic duty or not, but one thing that we have the choice to do is to try to minimize harm in our walk of life, so. Yeah. I'm sure we could do a whole episode about this. So yeah, that was anyway. That was kind of part of our inspiration. Was you know, little, little bit less bloodshed, no big deal. Meat is meat is murder. Uh, just more respect. And it's funny that you say the whole thing about if you're okay with your diet, then why would you judge somebody else's? Because in the past, when I've talked to people about veganism i totally was the one like trying to justify my own diet and being like well it's bad in this this and this way but i was totally just feeling guilty that's the bottom line and i wished i had the willpower and resources to do it myself and now i do save the animals eat the plants save a horse ride a cowboy am i right <laughs> i did today and, and it's like as far as the whole preachy vegan kind of thing goes at this point i'm just wanting to explore and learn more about you know acidity and ph and digestion and whatnot because you know people say a lot of conflicting things whether they have any kind of dietitian training or certification or whatever all that means but i mean one thing i thought was kind of weird is if something is considered food but you have to cook it very delicately or it's like gonna make you sick like that's common knowledge that seems kind of weird you know like you could just eat broccoli or salad or whatever straight out the ground strawberries etc but if you don't get your pork or whatever to a certain temperature then it's like definitely gonna hurt you so i always thought that was kind of weird that it's it's normalized it's like yeah no it's poisonous kind of but you just cook that right out yeah that's a really good point that i never thought of actually we got some pork chops from the food bank and we like waited a few days too long and <laughs> ran open it up and i was like oh my god what like died over there it was the most foul smell. And, like, Rin just kind of thought that that's how it was supposed to smell because it's dead animal, you know? Yeah, it was like, this, and, is, this is a package of sewage. That the, yeah. The profile fits. And it just, like, freaked me out. Like, I don't think I've eaten pork since. But, and they say pork is, like, one of the most dirty meats to eat. That's why, what is it? There's like, a culture that refuses to eat it. I thought I thought that was maybe a uh, Jewish thing. Oh yeah, but 
the last thing I'm trying to do or want to ever become is preachy about it because I understand that food is personal and you have to eat what makes you feel good. I'm just excited about it personally because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and now I feel like I finally can and that we've like transitioned to it in a really good way and eventually I want to become vegan. We just have a lot of animal products, not meat, but animal products in the house that it's like, well, we got to get through this stuff first. At least we can cut meat out because we ran out of chicken in the freezer. And uh, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to just go vegetarian right now. And like all of my favorite foods can be vegetarian so easily. And it's weird because I like practically forgot that being vegetarian was a thing because in my head I was just like vegan vegan or standard and then I was like oh I can I can bridge the gap become a vegetarian for now dot 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 <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm just excited about it I like to I like to deprive myself of things <laughs> that's fun for me you know what they say love is a battle <laughs> Anyways, well, another cool thing we got going on is so with our new title that we're rocking, we just made a design kind of even more based on Kingdom Hearts, and we just got that game because so they had a sweet deal on a all-in-one package on PlayStation Four. So it's like it looks like we haven't even opened it or played it yet, but just got it today. But it appears to be one through three and all the like Game Boy uh, kind of one-offs and, and you know supplementary story that was made which I haven't played through all those yet so super excited about that because Kingdom Hearts is awesome it's like all the coolest combinations of Final Fantasy and Disney so that's like nostalgia overload sign me up and uh, she has not played them yet, so I'm excited to go through that together. Yeah, I'm really excited, especially to play it with you. But yeah, I, I, we always thought the the currency money systems in Final Fantasy and stuff were cool. It's like, you know, in Zelda it was rupees, uh, in Final Fantasy it was gil, and in Kingdom Hearts it's money, M-U-N-N-Y, so that was where we drew the inspiration of that spelling from. Yeah, and we just made the sickest shirt design. Check it out on our Etsy, at Worth Money. We got this design where it's a Kingdom Hearts logo, but with the same font and everything written with our brand name. And then we got some, like, sick storm clouds going on, and the quote, been having these weird thoughts lately. Super excited about that. Can't wait for somebody to order that one. So, uh, anyway, today, dive right into the deep end. No water face smack. <laughs> Dead. KO'd. Uh, just some stuff I've been reading and thinking about. We've been listening to an audiobook called The Power of Now. Uh, yeah, just been doing that kind of quote-unquote spiritual reading again. Trying to uncover... That's a good word for it. Just uh, you know, unveiling. I mean, we're conditioned to normalize a lot of things and taught to believe things are one way or another. This or that is real. And uh, I think my, I guess, disclaimer of this is that what's been coming up more and more for me lately is that a priority for all of us I mean anyone curious or considering themselves an intellectual should just be figuring out what is true you know, it doesn't matter what you heard or what you have some kind of emotional ties to it's and I mean one thing that I felt I should emphasize again in this episode and probably frequently is that this is just pondering and musing for us both uh, we're just kind of testing out thoughts 
and hypotheses and theories and whatnot, just postulating, putting things out there. It's like, I think I heard this idea or thought that thinking itself, ideas, are like... Uh, I can't remember how the wording of it was, but basically it's like they each have a different flavor and characteristics, so it's like you're just tasting it, checking it out, seeing how it, how it feels, if you like it, if it, you know, provides you with the, the fuel that you need to do what you do. Yeah, I like that. I think it's, that's like the most important thing you could do for yourself, is allow your beliefs to change, because, I mean... I think that's one of the reasons why I was gravitated towards Ran in the first place and why we probably connected so well is because we both had this mindset of, well, we just want to know the truth. Like, it doesn't matter if things we find out to be true hurts our feelings, you know? I mean, that's not really a good way to describe it, but it's like, like cognitive dissonance the feeling of unease of being presented with something that you didn't think to be true before that challenges your opinion and like the most damaging thing that you could do is put your ego attached to your beliefs and that if you're proven to be wrong it hurts your feelings essentially I do that all the time still for sure like, there's things that I just don't want to believe, and I'll do mental gymnastics to not believe it. The more I think about it, I can't deny that I do want to believe the truth. And some things take longer than others, like, I don't know, death, the thought of the afterlife. I've heard so much evidence that it's like, it's so obvious that your life just ends when you die, and that there's nothing. And I'm like, no, I don't know. There's no way. It just can't be. But then it's like, well, it actually could. Because your mind is kind of like a computer. And when the power goes off, it all goes off. But then again, I've also been presented personally and through other anecdotes that there could be an afterlife and so on and so forth. So the point is, is that I think it's the most healthy thing to... Just know that you don't know anything and to allow facts to come into your life. And this is probably one of the hardest things for anybody to do, for sure, especially people who grew up religious because they were literally told, you have all the answers, they're right here. You know more than anybody else who doesn't believe it, you know. And, like, so The Power of Now... I have heard about this book for many years, for many different people, and the way it was described to me before I even listened to it on the audiobook was that it just describes how literally all you have is now. There's no future, there's no past, time does not exist. All you have is now. When? <laughs> and somebody was like... Yeah, there's no afterlife, there's nothing when you die, therefore now is more precious than ever. Yeah, I was actually talking to my therapist about the book today because he was asking me how my depression's going, anxiety, and all that, and I was like, I feel like I'm making two steps forward and one step back most days, like... Recently, there have been times where I still get really stressed out, still feel like doom is upon me, but in within the same day, I'm able to bring myself out of that, which is, like, huge progress for me because in the past, it was, like, multiple days at a time. I'm just feeling hopeless, and he was like, well, what, how do you pull yourself out of that? And I was thinking about it for a while, and then I started talking about the power of now, and I was like, oh my god, it's so obvious. I pull myself out of it by bringing myself into the present. 
if I'm driving somewhere and I'm just thinking about all the things I have to do that day, I'm really stressed out, thinking about all the things that I'm like afraid of happening, etc. I'll be stressed out and stuff. And then the second that I'm just like, okay, you're okay right now. Nothing is happening right now. Then that like brings me back and I'm like able to see the light again. But yeah, that book is really good. The concepts are like pretty hard to grasp in a lot of ways because it's just, it's like so simple yet, I don't know. There's like a part of you that's like, no, I wanna worry about the past. I wanna think about the future. You know, it's weird. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. It's like, no, I don't want to feel better right now. I want to be mad. But Tall just describes it so eloquently and it makes so much sense. But then it's just the hardest thing to do all the time. Like, you're gonna, it's gonna take a lifetime to actually master not thinking about time and stuff. I've heard that people grow addicted to suffering. Yeah. You know, I, some, someone put it that anxiety is that you're trying to, you're putting your mind in the future. Anxiety, you're thinking about the future, depression, you're worried about the past. Right. Both of which are not currently happening. And so they're only as substantial as you make it in your mind. Yeah. And, uh, both of which putting a lot of energy and dwelling on leaves the present more unresolved. Yeah. The more you worry about the past or future, the less now you have, which is all you have. So you're living in a space time that doesn't exist. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so simple, but it's like it's just so hard to grasp actually doing that all the time. Because it's like, well, I have to worry about the future because I have to plan for this and this. I have to worry about where I'm going to live next year. I have to worry about how to pay rent. And that is a dilemma because society has created that. Paradigm. Yeah, paradigm for us. Like, you have these bills scheduled for this, 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 this date. You have these appointments. You have to schedule your whole month out, your whole couple months out. So it's like, the answer is drop everything and go live in the woods. Get acquainted with the bears. Careful with that porridge, though. <laughs> really, though, you know, it's... A simple way to put it is that, you know, you you get a fire extinguisher. That's all the energy you need to put into that. Thinking about whether there's going to be a fire or not, or being worried about it happening, doesn't make you any more suited or prepared for that situation arising. It's just the whole one step at a time thing. Literally, you don't get any closer unless you're actually walking. So, thinking, oh man, this is a drag, this is too far. It keeps you in the same place, It's met metaphorically speaking. It's funny because what you said about people get addicted to suffering, like, 100%, I agree with that. Like, we all know the people who love drama, you know, the people who are always sick, the people whose life is always stressful, something's always happening, and it's always like, woe is me, poor me, type stuff. And Well, you ever, you notice it's, it might be interesting if you could notice that if you ask someone how they're doing, it's like, it's a 50-50. Either it's good, how are you? Or, oh, something bad came up that I need to bring up. I need to mention it, vent about it. You know, it sucks. Versus, it's never like, oh, you know, I saw a dog on my way over here. It was really pretty, or yeah, know, I really enjoyed this, some color of some flowers that I passed, or something like that. You know, it's like, 
how easily we overlook uh, the things that are pleasant. Like, people are constantly trying to compare their trauma and stuff, like... Oh, yeah, I'm way more tired and overworked than you are. Yeah, because... <laughs> I hold the record for it, actually. I'm proud of that. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've talked with, like, girlfriends, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, my brain is just not working today. I've had to deal with all this stuff today, and I have to deal with all this stuff tomorrow, and i got no hours of sleep, and, like... It's like, you don't need to explain the stressful stuff that's going on in your life. Maybe you could just be stressed out, regardless. You don't have to justify being stressed out or feeling foggy in the brain, you know? Just let yourself be stressed out. It's fine. Not saying that you aren't dealing with a bunch of stuff all the time, a lot of stressors, but you're just manifesting more. By doing that. Yeah, additional negative commentary. You know, only gets you so far. I, I remember there was one day when I was, I was just having a, I was having a, a hazy, just having trouble thinking of things. Um, and you know, I told you I was just like, yeah, this sucks. You know, it's not, the cogs aren't, aren't turning. And she was like, that's okay. Like, just let that happen. That's, you know, you don't have to worry about feeling any type of way about it or in, enlarge the moment as some some great uh, tragedy, I guess. And uh, I was just like, wow, yeah, that's, that's fine if I just don't have anything to say. I'm just chilling, just not, not doing the thing that I was so convinced I had to be able to do and I just if it's not happening, then just move on. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course, you can always tell me how you're feeling, but at that moment, you were, like, beating yourself up for it and feeling down on yourself. And, yeah, I just felt the need to be, like, just welcome it. One of my favorite quotes that you sent me recently on the old IG was... Um, it's better to do nothing than to be busy doing nothing, which is, like, exactly that. Like, you're just wallowing in the moment, feeling down on yourself. Oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. But I don't feel like I can be doing this and that. So just don't. <laughs> just take a rest. Yeah, I guess it's better to be a log than to be bothered about being one. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, one more time for every seat in the stadium. Be nice to yourself. That's that's probably the least you can do. It's probably a good place to start in any. But one of the hardest things to do, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is a practice. Yeah, <laughs> you literally, yeah, yesterday. Oh my gosh, the days are going by so slow, but I love it. Um Yesterday, I wanted to get wings really bad. I was having a depressive moment, feeling hopeless. Drive to the restaurant. It's freaking 9.30 a.m. They don't open until 11 or noon or something. And I was just, like, really mad because I wanted wings. I just wanted to treat myself to wings. And I forget that restaurants don't open until later. And I was like, God, I'm such an idiot. And Rin was like, please don't talk to my girlfriend like that, basically. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then, like, 20 minutes later, driving home, I was like, today's my 111 day of being sober, 111th. And he was like, see, that's awesome. Like, how can you, how can you talk down to somebody who did something like that, you know? And I was like, dang it, you're right. Oh, and it's like if you just sit back and realize how much awesome stuff that you have done and are continuing to work on doing and, you know, how compassionate you can be. It's like, how how could you not be a friend to that person? Even my therapist today when I was talking about depression and stuff and the two steps forward, one step back thing, he was like, 
Think about a stock market projection chart. How it goes up, it goes a little down, it plateaus, it goes up, but it's growing. That's your life. Like, it's, it's hard to remember because in those plateaus, in those valleys, in those little dips, you feel like you're right back where you started, but you're not. You're growing over time. And you live your life one day at a time, so you're not seeing this progression. And something that I thought of a long time ago was that it's human to forget, but it's divine to remember. So as humans, we are wired to be able to adapt to our surroundings, and that's what we do. But we do it to a fault sometimes because we're so good at it. What once was a dream job quickly becomes an irritant or annoyance. What we once wanted becomes something that we just have. It's how we survive, but it's not divine. To remember, to appreciate, to love, that's divinity. To forget is human. To remember is divine. Anger, frustration, all comes from forgetting what we have. Arguments, anger, fear, or forgetting what we've been through, where we came from, what progress we've made. Everybody's guilty of it. Especially you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm insanely guilty of this. I feel like I'm ashamed of myself sometimes. I... I'm not proud of any step back, any steps backwards that I make sometimes, but I'm forgetting the progress I've made. I'm forgetting I have 112 days sober. I'm forgetting that I used to not even remember door dashing food and then wake up to food at my door while I was going to work because I was so drunk. I'm forgetting that I used to rail a line, lock up the substance in my safe, and then immediately, within five minutes, pull it back out and repeat all night long. Vitamin powder, because that's what she's talking about. Yeah, vitamin D, B, A, you know, crush them up and snort them. Works way better that way. Just kidding. Um, so... My opinion, try to just remember. Instead of yelling at, instead of getting frustrated with your spouse for not taking out the recycling, which they definitely should have done, I'm with you. Just give them a hug and say, I love you so much. Thank you for being by my side. And the recycling will get taken out. Someday, somehow, it doesn't matter. It's not what's important right now, you know? That part is just a lack of communication because you get mad at your spouse for not taking out the recycling, whatever it is, not doing the dishes. You're forgetting that they feel like they're doing a lot too and they're trying to meet you in the middle in some way. I mean, maybe, and I've been there, maybe your spouse doesn't do anything. I get that, but... <laughs> Karate chop. Let's assume your spouse is not a total piece of trash. They're doing the best they can. And I was talking to my brother today at lunch. We went to the vegan restaurant, Native Foods. So bomb. Try it out. But he's always asking me about Rin and how it's going between us. And I was like, uh, he's just the best person I know like he we don't even fight like we definitely have fought in the past but now we just have like constructive <laughs> conversations and we calmly tell each other how we feel and then we move on but for me I feel like it's just like effortless to remember how much you mean to me and stuff and how I don't want to be with anybody else because you, like, prove every single day to be better than anybody I've ever met. We say it to each other every day. I'm like, you do so much for us. Thank you. Can I help you with anything? And 
you're like, you do so much for us. And, you know, there's no, like, animosity or conflict in that way. We both feel like we're trying to catch up to the other person as far as helping around the house and stuff. At least that's what I feel. Yeah, I, mean, I feel too. It's reminds me of, well, and thank you. You are my favorite. I am constantly trying to, you know, show up for you in that sense. She makes me want to be a better man, y'all. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I, it just makes me think of this quote I heard sometime. I think it might have been Rumi or something. That true love is, oh, I think it maybe it was Ramdas. He said, true love is basically two people trying to compete to see who can be more gracious and grateful. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it was in How I Met Your Mother when Barney's dating Nora and his dad is, like, talking about true love, but Barney's thinking about Robin because he's in love with her, but he's like, true love is when you meet someone that you would do anything for, but it's effortless. You know, it's not... You're not taking... You're not sac doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything, but you're sacrificing everything. And you would in a heartbeat. But yeah, that's uh that makes me think of something that has come up for me a bit lately is about our, you know, clothing line business, apparel, branding, whatever, our creations that we've been trying to put out there, it's that yeah, sometimes I'm like projecting like oh man i wish we were here you know i wish we were had this big this many fans or this big of an audience or this big of a name or whatever just like these idolization basically of some imagined level of success or esteem but you know that i'm thinking wow like we are doing what we like and some people are interested and are supporting us you know paying for us the things that we've come up with and wherever i want us to go with it or would like to see it you know i remember like you know a year ago when we first started kind of brainstorming this and even before that when we both had ideas of making it happen we were one we were not any closer to those goals then at all you know further away obviously but to like from from over the years to the actual inception and execution of this project to where it is now we've got so much to show for putting work and effort into making it happen so just a, it's a good good reminder that you know of course you want a million followers you want to have your dream car and perfect musculature you know whatever whatever it is that you are fantasizing about but you have so many things now that you probably couldn't have even foreseen yeah i'm really trying to teach myself that things just take time I just get so impatient, but I think I'm doing better. And you are too. You are divine. Remember where you came from. Remember why you're here. Remember why you're dating that person. Or why you wanted that job. Any To anybody who's listening to this, anybody that found this podcast, you're here for a reason. Right now, in this moment, you are okay no matter what is going on in your life. You're okay right now. It's like things might have been kind of rough before, maybe kind of bad right now sometimes. Maybe the future isn't even looking super great, but just remind yourself that any good thing to come is going to be rooted in what is going on and what you have right now and what you're working on. It's like Rome wasn't built in a day, but each day some building of it was being done. Yeah. And then to kind of 
circle back to the afterlife thing, uh, a story that I heard about that is apparently some some person went to meet the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, you know, 14th century Nepal or whatever, and uh, he asked him, you know, is reincarnation real? Is there you know, some kind of afterlife? Like, what's the deal on all that? And uh, the Buddha asked him, well, suppose that reincarnation was real. What would you do? And you could apply this to the idea of heaven, too. It's like, just, you think life has some effect or bearing on what happens when you die. So what, what if it was real? What would you do? And the guy said, well, I guess I would uh, try to live my life really good and pure, you know, try to do right by other people and live my life taking care of myself and the people around me because I would know that I'm going to be reborn again and that we're all like, you know, one or in this together and kind of like living for each other in different ways. Uh, it's like, so I'd want to, want to do it well and gracefully. Then the Buddha said, okay, well, what would you do if reincarnation was not real? He's like, okay, well, I guess I would want to really cherish the time that I have and, uh, you know, appreciate and have a lot of respect for life itself. And I'd want to treat everyone around me really well and really take care of myself and other people because this is all we have. So all we can do is make it a good run basically. And Buddha said, well, okay, that's your answer. It's kind of irrelevant in a sense, because what you're doing now matters either way. You know, the things that you do for yourself and for others in this moment does have an impact and an effect on the quality of your life and all of our lives. That's cool. That reminds me of something I heard. I think it's about either Hinduism or Buddhism, but karma is like the ultimate, the ultimate like end all be all for them because whichever one it is, because I'm pretty sure it's Hindu, but they believe that you are going to live every single life on this planet or you already have in a sense. You're going to be every soul on this planet at some point in the space-time continuum. And therefore, if you do wrong to somebody, you're literally doing wrong to yourself in that next life, in that next reincarnation. So you're wronging yourself or doing righteous things for yourself in that sense. Yeah, and regardless if reincarnation is real or not, if you're wronging somebody, you are wronging yourself. I mean, if you believe in the collective soul of the universe, of the planet, like, I was just talking to Rin about this yesterday, but uh, some old friends I had, I, I would, like, borrow them money all the time, buy them, like, bottles of alcohol all the time, and they usually would pay me back. But then this one last time, I bought him a bottle of Ciroc. It was 40 bucks, and I just never saw the money. And I was promised multiple times that I would get the money. And yesterday, I was just like, I'm just going to ask him for the money. Because I, like, it's mine. I need it. And, like, I did a lot for these people, and they just stopped talking to me for stupid reasons. So I reached out to... Oh, I want to say his name. I reached out to Dude, and... Dude? I thought it was Guy. <laughs> My bad. And I, I was just, like, kind of upset, and I was venting about it, and I was like, how could somebody just treat you... How could somebody that you cared for and did so much for treat you like nothing? Like, just steal your money. Not care. Like, I literally bought an oil change for these people. Because I knew that they were struggling. They literally had a baby on the way. 
I bought them a $60 oil change for their BMW. And then I just get treated like this. I still don't understand it, but Rin was like, well, if they're not kind people, then they're not going to see that in you. And it stings, but you're right. It's true. They don't, it's not on their radar because they're, they're looking to take advantage of people in any way they can, basically. And of course, I never heard anything back. You know, atheists think, atheists believe that there is no cosmic justice. There is no karma. I will not be any luckier or treated any better in the future. I'm just out of $40. <laughs> but, I, like, I could see that, but deep down, I don't believe that. I think karma is real. Well, I think there's two ways of looking at it doesn't have to be some mystical, like, you know, the cosmos is tallying up your deeds and dispensing rewards, necessarily. It's, it's a pretty enough romantic idea, sure, but uh, whether, whether God is punishing you for the good or bad things you do or not, like, I thought about, like, a kind of a logical karmic notion that if you're doing good things you're trying to be there for and help out people around you it i think statistically it makes it more likely for more good things to happen to you or anyone else because just the physical surface level of the world is seeing more positivity you know so maybe that person at some point in their life will think, oh wow, you know, someone went out of their way for me. So I could reciprocate that to them or, you know, the pay it forward kind of thing. Like, okay, it's people, including myself, are capable of that, of just doing one little nice thing. So, you know, I think on a, in a mathematical sense, you know, maybe you're out 40 bucks, but doesn't make the world a worse place, I guess, in some sense of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess I believe in karma in the sense of manifestation. Which, if they're going to take advantage of people around them who are treating them well, then life's going to take advantage of them. Maybe. And... I know for a fact I am the luckiest person in the world. And so are you. And that's called lucky... Well, I've heard it be called lucky girl syndrome, but it really should just be called lucky human syndrome. This is powerful stuff, actually. I was just listening to this in a podcast from Laura Clary, but they're talking about how... Um, well, Laura was talking about how she's been saying this mantra to herself every day. I'm the luckiest person in the world. I, I'm so lucky. Everything works out for me. I don't know how, but I'm so lucky. And I'm so thankful for this luck. And then her separated husband, Stephen, was talking about this experiment that he heard about where they took people who believed they were lucky and people who believed they were unlucky, 10 of each, something like that. And then they interviewed them separately. And they, every time one of them would come in, they'd put a $20 bill on the table somewhere. And according to him, 90% of the lucky people found the $20 bill and picked it up and took it with them. And every single unlucky person didn't even see it. I'll have to find that experiment for sure and like see it for my own eyes but I believe it it makes sense to me I think if you like if you believe that good luck you know good coincidences are possible and are capable of occurring to you in your life then 
you're going to be more open to and receptive to opportunity. Really, you know, just like in a physical, on a physical level, that makes perfect sense to me. If you're thinking, if you believe that you can find good things, then you will more often. Yeah. It's almost like it materializes sometimes. It's crazy. Like we, we go out and scavenge as we like to call it, where we just find like we're not scavenging things that don't belong to us, but yeah, just, you know, if the door is unlocked or (laughs) left on the porch or no, no, you know, like if the person, if it like, (laughs) if their wallet just happens to slip out of their back pocket or something, (laughs) just kidding. No, 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 no. But just like finds stuff that's like left in a field or something that is obviously discarded for a reason. We have found so much stuff, you guys. It's crazy. And, I mean, it is because we're actively looking for it, but at the same time, it's, like, kind of crazy. Like, Rin's found just, like, so much clothes everywhere. Like, I'm literally wearing Adidas pants right now that he found that are, like, super nice. And yeah, perfect, perfect condition too. I mean, of course, it's always a little muddy or something, which is probably why somebody threw it on the ground in the first place. But you just gotta wash it, and it's good to go. Well, it's I, I just it's wild to me to think that someone would go out of their way to buy this pair of pants because they want it, you know, they think they need it or whatever. And uh, you know, we have the the mental like workings to think that it's possible for us to just find stuff like this you know for free because it is out there yeah and anybody who is even alive right now they are also the luckiest people in the world you just have to know it because you're alive right now no matter what has happened to you you are breathing at this moment. You've made it through whatever has happened to you. Yeah, this uh, this summit stone, um, peer peer mentor, social worker dude Jim. He always says, if anyone asks him how he's doing, he always says, "Well, I'm still upright and sucking oxygen." It's a simple thing to remind yourself that you are fortuitous enough to be alive. Like your heart is still beating. That's in itself. That's uh, that's pretty good odds for you. And once again, another reminder that at the very least, you could have two homies right here. What up? Yo. How's that scrotum? Just kidding. <laughs> Saggy. <laughs> Constantly in pain. Just keep doing it. Whatever it is, you will find a way to make it so. And if you can convince yourself of that, you will definitely get a lot farther in all of your endeavors. Yeah. Just, you got this. You heard it from me. So, run tell that. And fall in love with your present moment. Time is not real. The future will take care of you when you get there. As the present is taking care of you right now. And the future will be the present. So, if you can't make yourself have a good time now, how do you, how would you expect to do that ever? Yeah. The now is taking care of you now. So you're good. It's all now. Everything is now. And that's on God. Cuz. Keep that for hard though. True, true. Anyway, so now is the end of the episode. <laughs> you go bed now. <laughs> you go bed now? I go bed now. Now. About now-ish. Meow. See, even cats say it. Right, meow. Right, meow?
Meow, meow. Anyway, yeah, just, you know, just be cool. You know, be just cooler, just less insecure. <laughs> just, you know. Better. <laughs> just, you know, cool. Yeah, it's all... The answer is just really simple. We're just making it difficult in our minds because that's what we do. We have complex minds living in a simple reality, really. So, and it's good that we're this smart, we're this complex, but (laughs) when that anxiety's kicking in, just keep it simple. And through the now you will realize that there is no death whoa she went there folks that's what Eckhart Tall said I still don't really understand it but I'll beep with it bro beep yeah with the beepers and the more simple you make it the easier it'll get and it always gets easier especially now And now... Yo, yo. Uh Uh-huh. So some things are going on. We can stickers and such. And little baby Indy's got fish in her butt. And twice in a week I got a piss in a cup. This is make do, man, we mixing it up. Uh. Mic drop.